Well, thank you for uh, joining us today. Really appreciate you taking your time um, to kind of lend your knowledge and your skills to um, the Student Association here at the Kingston campus. Um, and yeah, just uh, looking forward to having a good chat with you and learning some stuff about um, how we can use mental health and meditation techniques in a tough time like this. So again, thanks for joining us. Awesome. You're welcome. My pleasure. I'm just going to grab a piece of paper here. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Here's mine. Okay, good. All right. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, Joanne, my, again, my name is Leighton. I am a fourth year Bachelor of Business Administration student here at the college. Um, I'm a student manager for the Student Association um, and under my portfolio falls um, this podcast. Um, so Reed has been with us since last summer. Um, him and Danny, I don't know if you know his uh, buddy Danny, but they do a great job for us as hosts, along with uh, myself and uh, Elle, our student association president. Um, and about three times a week with all the time we have our hands on, we're trying to do episodes <laughs> like this. So uh, again, thanks for being here. Would you mind just, um, for our recording, would you mind just telling us uh, who you are and what you do in the Kingston community here? Yeah, absolutely. So who am I? <laughs> it's a big question, but... Um, I'm a psychotherapist, um, I have a private practice, and I work um, at Queen's University um, with the uh, School of Business. So I see the students um, at all levels getting undergrad business degrees, PhD business degrees, like, so yeah, that's the bulk of my work. Oh, cool. So, um, Joanne, I guess, like, getting right into it, what are your thoughts on it? everything that are going on and maybe maybe we can get all the negativity out of the way and then like good good and bad what what, what do you see of this COVID-19? I think that's a really good place to start Reed because there's a tendency and it's not a bad thing um, it's just timing there's a tendency to um, silver line stuff and I, I want to use that as a verb because I think it's cool <laughs> So we go immediately to, you know, well, the planet is um, actually much better off without this mess. And now we have time and all of that good stuff, um, time with our families, which can be either good or bad, who knows. But so that's not a bad thing to do. However, the, the, before we try to silver line or deny that this is as bad as it is, I think that it's important that we acknowledge that this effing sucks. <laughs> Uh, um, and and that we have never, at least those of us alive right now, uh, and, and you know, and certainly the people, most of the people in colleges and university, have never been through anything like this before. I think the Spanish plague was, or the Black plague, or the Spanish influenza was the last time, and none of us were alive. So we have no way to predict how long it's going to last, how much it's going to impact us, what the fallout's going to be. Um, and so we need to acknowledge, like I, I want, you know, anybody listening, if, if they're interested to put their hands on their hearts and simply take a moment to acknowledge that this truly is a little bit or a lot scary um, and that we are in a state of not knowing. And our brains do not like to not know. Like right. that puts us into freaking panic, right? So there's that anxiety which we need to acknowledge. There's no way to sugarcoat it or cover it with anything green. <laughs> um, and then there's the other thing, which is, at least I don't know about you, but I'm sad. I'm missing a lot of things. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm missing people. I'm missing touch. I'm missing. I like to dance. I'm like, I don't know if we'll ever dance again. <laughs> I'm like, I'm missing, and I don't want to dance with myself. It's just not the same. <laughs> so I just want to say that. <laughs> I tried holding on to the mirror and doing a few moves, and I'm just not. Yeah. So, so there's the missing of all the things that we were looking forward to. I had friggin' tickets to Hamilton. It's not happening. Like, uh, like, you know, honestly, so it's just, and, and we have this, like, also this, we do this as well as humans. And I want to invite you not to do it. We go, well, seriously, Joanne, you're missing um, tickets to Hamilton when people are dying. Like, get a grip. But I, I want to invite you not to compare loss it's not helpful. Um, and, and I do want to acknowledge that there is, like, obviously people are much worse off than I am or you might be. However, take a moment <laughs> to acknowledge the losses um, of the future, of things you were hoping for, of the way things are not the way that they used to be, right? And, and take a moment to not compare um, with the horrendous stuff that might be happening. So that's the first part that I find is important in this um, pandemic is to first acknowledge the the feelings that are uh, won't go away unless you acknowledge them. And the primary ones um, that I imagine you might be feeling, and certainly I am feeling, would be um, anxiety about the unknown future. And I, I mean, I'm talking about it, and I'm like, oh, I notice I stop breathing, right? <laughs> And, um, and, and like lost, like feeling like sad. I'm like, why am I so sad? Right. So, yeah. And so I don't know if that anybody's relating to that, but, or am I just out here alone on an island? <laughs> no, I think, uh, I think those are some great, um, reflections. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, definitely just to echo kind of some of your sentiment. We are kind of all feeling a sense of loss right now or our, our routines are all thrown off. We're not in our normal kind of communities. Reed and I aren't in school. We haven't seen our teachers, our friends, our classmates. You haven't seen clients and your, um, your students either. So um, I think anxiety and mental health is, is going to be a huge issue coming out of this pandemic in the following months. And it really just, um, for me, my biggest takeaway is just how much we've taken for granted. I mean, for just to be able to go over to your friend's house, meet them for a coffee, go to the local pub, have a burger and a pint, you know, um, all that kind of stuff. The grocery store. I mean, everything has changed and it's kind of thrown off everybody's um, kind of sense of direction and flux. And I definitely, I 100, 110 support your sentiment that uh, um, not comparing loss is good in a time like this, but it is obviously very important to recognize that at least um, this is an issue and everybody's going through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And I was just, yeah, and I would echo that too. I mean, you know, I, I uh, have a ton of work to do and, and, and there are anxieties that I'm like, that are, that I'm facing right now that are very real. And then I always think, well, I'm, you know, I'm not a frontline worker right now. I'm not one of those people that's going out there and risking their lives, which is important thing to put in perspective. But I think what you're, what you're saying is like, instead of, put that in perspective, but don't feel guilty about what I'm doing. You know, don't feel guilty about any of the thoughts that I'm having because that's completely normal. And no one, no one, no one should be judging anybody for, for what they're kind of going through right now, whether that be good or bad. Yeah. Yes. I love that you just said that. Reed. I was just listening to somebody, um, uh, somebody that I think had some mid sense 
and he was sharing that when we judge, because we're in judgment about ourselves and we're like, oh, I should be doing better and where's all this time going and, you know, and I don't have it bad, I'm not a frontline worker or I don't have a family member who has COVID right now or we do that. So basically what we're doing is we're judging ourselves and when we judge, there needs to be a sentence, right? So it's like, and now am I sentencing myself because I've just put myself in judgment? So when I become aware that I'm judging myself, I can, with as much compassion, um, connect myself to everybody else is going through something, um, whether, you know, whether I want to scale it or not. And then I am connecting compassion. When I can be compassionate for myself, then I can be compassionate to other people who are in worse situations. But I cannot forget to first be compassionate to myself, right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Does. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so do you maybe want to touch upon how can students, I mean, so uh, by the time this comes out, this beginning of the last week of school, um, and there are going to be final exams, and there's going to be all sorts of stress, um, and there's even going to be some people that are, you know, feeling sad about how this is ending for them, you know, like the fact that they can't really have that graduation ceremony, have that, um, you know, last party with, the, with their classmates, or whatever that may be. Um, I, I guess, I guess, what's your overall advice for the students? students getting through this and how they can overcome something like this? Wow. Don't ask me any hard questions before <laughs> noon. <laughs> I usually pick up my drinking habit, but um, <laughs> okay. I, I, when you were talking, I guess I got stuck on um, overcome, the word overcome. Um, especially to fourth year students you're talking about, right? Is that read the fourth yeah, year students? Yeah, definitely. I, th I think it's definitely a two-part question, I guess, right? I mean, the, the fourth year students that are obviously leaving um, and then it's kind of like, that's it. Like, thanks, thanks for your time. Thanks for your grades. Thanks for your work. Mm -hmm. See you later. And, and, you know, I know the faculty is working on many other great things so that we don't have to do that. Um, but obviously, you know, at this time specifically, we're left in a time of of kind of unknown and a little uncertainty and, and just sort of, it's, it's, a, it's just a very weird time overall to be getting through. Yeah, and again, I come back to acknowledging, I don't think we're gonna overcome this. <laughs> um, yeah. The reason being that humans, we, we mark endings with rituals, which is why we do have funerals. Um, and, you know, it's funny, we're moving into this time with funerals where I'm so aware that people are not going to get to have funerals, right? Um, because social distancing doesn't allow funerals. And um, I'm aware that as I speak to nurses at KGH, that people who are dying don't get to say goodbye to their family members, except over FaceTime. It's nuts. <laughs> Just to come back to the piece that we need rituals. It, it is how we mark endings, which is what a graduation ceremony is which is what a last class is, which is what a, a good old a, a, a last party with your friends. Those are things that are going to be missing from your ending, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and, I, and I'm not sure how we overcome that except to acknowledge that there's a piece that's missing, right? That we didn't get to, to, um, to do this ritual. Right. And, and, I, and, I, and I wonder, because humans are amazing. I wonder what can 
kind it will nothing will ever replace an in-person ritual or graduation but is there some kind of way to gather people for a goodbye that will be good enough mm -hmm. um so that there's some kind of ritual right um and i know it's not the same to drink with all your friends on zoom but whatever <laughs> it's like can we can we take some effort and make some effort to create something that's a ritual and i don't know i don't know if that's possible or who's it who's gonna do that but i'm certainly gonna invite you to do that with each other certainly with your closest friends um and and even though it's not the same it's something right so so i'm laughing because i work with some fourth year students at queens and they were talking about the fact that they didn't get to graduate or have the prom or any of that stuff. And in this group that I work with, I, I, uh, I gathered up some capes I had at home and I gathered up some hats that I had at home. And believe me, they weren't the little graduation hats. They were redonkulous hats. However, <laughs> we did this. This was before social isolation. This was right before the crap hit the fan. But we did a whole ceremony and I printed out um, you know diplomas for them they were fake diplomas and they said interesting things on them but um so they all put the hats on and the fake gown and we did diplomas and we had something right and so I'm gonna and it was funny and it acknowledged that they didn't have the other thing but that we had some way of remembering of recalling of marking in our brains that some transition is being made, that something is going to be different, mm -hmm. right? Does that make sense? I don't know if that's Absolutely. an invitation, right? It's a it's an invitation to do something. Don't just let this go unmarked. Yeah. Do you think, Joanne, that people or a I person- I try not to think, Leighton, sorry. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, would you kind of uh, agree with my statement that I guess people need that kind of transition they need that finality they need that closure to kind of move on is that kind of what you're what you're getting at here yes i am getting at that um i i'm i'm it's easier when we have a ritual it's easier for us um the brain pays attention it's like okay i want to mark that what was it's why people burn all of their in the middle days when we had actual pictures it's why when you break up you burn your ex's <laughs> pictures it's like it's a marking of this it's what sadness sadness is um a fun has a function people get sad for a reason even though we don't like the feeling and tears are snotty and unattractive but we have sadness in order to the brain has sadness in order to mark that this is different that this that you had that you really some parts of it you liked some parts you didn't but but this is going to be different it wants you to pay attention so that you can eat more easily make room for that next piece in your life right even if you don't know what it is so yes i would say it is going to be a lot easier if you can find a way to market with some kind of ritual and hopefully with someone else right makes it richer yeah it's hard to have a funeral on your own on your by yourself right yeah, <laughs> yeah. talk about all those good times right. <laughs> um so then going back to sort of like what the students are going through and how what what's something that you could say that would motivate them to get through these final exams um and that that goes for any student not even just graduating students um and through these final assignments 
what, um, what do you, what do you think is that key to, to make sure that they can push forward? Besides just get this shit done. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so for me, it's kind of a philosophy I've tried to incorporate in my, into my entire life, which is why am I doing something? Am I doing these, did I take on this learning um, just to get this piece of paper? Or did I take on this learning because I really wanted to learn about whatever it is that you wanted to learn, whether it's business or marketing or whatever? It, did I take on this learning because it was interesting to me, because I wanted to grow as a person, because I felt like I could make a difference in the world? Like hopefully. <laughs> Um, to come back to the reason that you began this journey um, in your college or university or whatever, come back to why did I begin this in the first place? What was the internal motivation, not the external, which is I'll get a job, right? Because right now we don't know. So it's sort of like, okay, what was my internal motivation? And therefore, why... That comes back to why would I want to write these exams? It's not so much why I want to write these exams. It's why I actually want to learn the information. Mm -hmm. Writing the exam is sort of like, well, now I know the information. Someone else can see that I know it. But, yeah. but do I actually, why do I want to even learn this information? Right? It goes back to why do I even want to be doing marketing or business? I don't know. That's going to be motivation comes from, it's a feeling, it's a, right? And you have to evoke a feeling in your body, <clears throat> um, not a like, oh, I just need to get this to get my friggin' piece of paper. So in the year, whenever, when this is, shit is over, <laughs> I can get a job, right? A feeling comes from your heart. It comes from like moving you towards who is the person I want to be? Who do I want to be? Yeah? yeah. I want to be somebody that finishes or I want to be somebody that serves some kind of humankind or, or nature or whatever by this by this knowledge that i have i don't know if that's making any sense to you no totally absolutely it's it's something that you have to prepare yourself for it's not something you just like get through and push through and expect motivation just to come out of thin air yes yes it has I, to come from inside yeah i also think it's hard to um kind of get there on your own as a student. Mm -hmm. I think there needs to be, as you said, some sort of external factors as well as maybe a friend or a family group. Um, but I think right now uh, with the situation with everybody quarantining, um, it's gonna be quite hard and it is quite hard for students to find motivation on their own right now in the next two weeks to push through and finish. So I really appreciated your kind of, uh, your insight in, in just remembering what it's all about. Why did you get in here in the first place? Why did you click accept on that offer letter to St. Lawrence College. You know, why are you here? Go back to day one basics. And um, yeah, thank you for that. I think that's a good reflection that we could all use right now. So thank you, Joanne. Oh, you're so welcome, Lynn. Um, so I guess um, a part of the reason why we wanted to come today was to kind of walk through some meditation. So before we, if, before we do any, any kind of meditation, would you like to kind of, kind of maybe um, ex explain mindfulness and meditation and the importance of it? Um, and how people can fit it in their day. Mm, sure. Um, and I, I'm aware that my phone is digging in the background, but that's all part of life and mindfulness. <laughs> we will be distracted. <laughs> um, I'm going to talk, I'm going to, I'm going to walk us through a bit of a different um, 
meditation, if you will. There's, there's meditation, which is formal. There's sitting meditation or mindfulness, which is formal. And, and that's a great practice. And certainly there's all kinds of apps. Like the, there's tons of apps out there that can help you that. And again, the reason that you might want to begin or begin again a sitting meditation is that because it begins to change your brain, which is so cool. So <laughs> when we sit for 20 minutes every day, it's like, uh, so I don't see anything different, but you're actually laying down tracks in your brain to be a more calm, focused, present person, right? However, you may not feel like you can do that right now. So you can begin to be present as much as possible in everyday moments, which is mindfulness, according to the definitions that I like, uh, mean coming back to the moment or recognizing that your mind, um, my mind is like a puppy and it likes to piss in every corner. So it's like, oh, I caught, I, I just noticed that the puppy was pissing in that corner. So I wanna bring, which is a, usually a corner about the future. <laughs> so I'm gonna bring my puppy back with love and compassion, knowing that that's what minds are supposed to do. They are supposed to wonder, right? And so bringing my mind back with compassion to, to my breathing or to the person in front of me or to washing my hands for the 50th millionth time or to walking around the house because it's freaking snowing outside today. Or, <laughs> it is right now. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> or if I was walking outside, I would use my senses to connect to the snow. Um, it's coming back to the moment and to the breath or to your senses without judgment. Simply, and, and that is like a 50 million times a day, right? But there's an answer, there's another thing that I wanna walk people through right now, if, if that would be something good. Please. Is that something that, okay. And so it takes a hot 60 seconds, if that much, and I'm finding it really helpful. Um, so it's about, um, and I'm using, and I got this, I wanna acknowledge, uh, her name is Dr. Melrose. Um, and if you want me to send you a link to her stuff, but she's, she does a lot of brain image scanning. And when people are in um, anxiety, basically what happens is we end up turning off um, the parts of our brain that can feel for other people, the feeling part, and the parts of our brain that, it, um, that knows, that thinks logically. Um, so we're basically in fight, flight, freeze, and we're just like, we can't even sit down to study. So that's that we want to be able to turn off the part of our brain that just is like either freezing or folding through um, Netflix binges that never last this long <laughs> or, or, or just, you know, holding up in the bed, not wanting to get up or all the, or, you know, binging on YouTube, all the millions of ways that we have. Um, I didn't even talk about the illegal stuff, right? All the ways we have to, to um, fight, flight, freeze. So when we do this little thing that I'm gonna teach you that's, it's, it's little, but it's important. What you end up doing is turning off your fight, flight, freeze and turning back on the parts of your brain that can have compassion for yourself and for other people, as well as the logical thinking brain that went, huh, this is why I'm doing this. I need to be doing this because blah, blah, blah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so what it, what it looks like is this, 
I use a triangle to help me remember. And the three points on my triangle are nose, the top, which is I begin with the breath. The second part of the triangle is toes, which I'll walk you through. So you're going to want to have your feet on the ground. And then the third part is your back, right? So it's three parts. And before we do it, I want to suggest I bring myself back to doing this every time I have to do my password on my phone or my pass finger thing. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Right, because that's like a hundred times a day. And so if I bring myself to do this thing a hundred times a day, believe me, you're changing the way your mind operates. It's like really cool, okay? easy. So are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. And so um, you want to get yourself, you can also do this standing or walking. <clears throat> if you happen to be standing or walking, you don't do the back piece, obviously, right? Unless you have a very good imagination. So you can close your eyes or you can open your eyes. I'm gonna invite you to close your eyes the first time if that's comfortable for you. And the first part of the triangle is just breathing. So it's the nose. So become aware of your breath. And you might want to simply use the words breathing in and breathing out. Noticing that your breath is breathing for you. Your body is breathing for you without you even having to ask. And you might want to gently and mindfully begin to slow that breath by using the words breathing in, breathing in, breathing in, and breathing out. Breathing out, breathing out. And in this moment, you can simply remind yourself that you have nowhere to go and nothing to do in this moment but breathe. And I'm gonna invite you to put your hand on your heart area, your chest area. And simply notice again how your body expands with the breath in, taking in everything that you need. And how it contracts with the breath out, letting go of everything that no longer suits you. I want you to notice how your breath supports you without you even having to ask. And now I want you to direct your breath to your heart area and imagine for a moment that your breath is coming in and out of your body through your heart. Kind of like you have a nose in your heart area. <laughs> and if there are sounds in the room or on this recording, you simply acknowledge the sounds and acknowledge them and then bring your attention back. 
to imagining that your breath is coming in and out through your heart. And when you are ready, move your attention to the next bit of the triangle, which is your toes. So that was nose and this is toes. And so wiggle your toes or wriggle, I don't, I don't know the word, <laughs> your toes on in your shoes or if you're bare feet on the ground. And now I want you to imagine that the soles of your feet from the soles of your feet are these amazing, thick, strong roots that connect your soles, the soles of your feet deep, deep, deep into the center, into the core of this earth. Really feel, really get what that's like. And the key word is supported. You are supported by the earth. Another image that you might find helpful is imagine that you are barefoot in some warm, wet sand. You're just sunk into that nice warm sand. Really connect to the experience of being supported. And when you're ready, you move to the third part of the triangle if you happen to be seated, which is connecting to your back and leaning into the chair or the couch or the bed or the person that is supporting you. Really connecting to the support that is there for you without you ever having to ask. It is always there for you. And you can stay here for as long or as little as you like. This experience should not take more than 60 seconds. And as you practice it, it'll take even less. And so when you're ready, allow your eyes to open or if they were already open, that's awesome. And come back to your present reality. So what was that like? That was cool. <laughs> it's a buzz without the drugs. <laughs> yeah, it's free buzz, no hangover. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was interesting. Thank you. Um, for somebody who's never really experienced meditation or anything like that before, how do you kind of differentiate between the meditative state and, you know, simply falling asleep? When you are um, in meditation, you are very much aware, you're up, you're in, you're not asleep. <laughs> um, you're very present. You are, in fact, very alert. Um, you will be more alert the more you practice meditation or even, I'm going to just use the word mindfulness, which is a bit different. Um, you're very present and awake and alert. In fact, if there was an emergency, you'd be more, you'd be quicker to respond because you're in this moment. Your mind is here, not in the past or in the future, right? Uh, 
in meditation, when we are meditating, we do move into a different state, um, uh, but it's not sleeping. Um, the mind does drop into um, a different state. Um, it's a healing state. It's a, it's, it's a, a state where the body can repair itself and we come off of our nervous system. But when we fall asleep, we're not meditating. I don't know how to explain it without using fancy scientific language, but when you're asleep, you're asleep. <laughs> you, you don't, you're not present and aware. You're not, yeah. uh, I don't know. Are, the, are there similar um, <clears throat> ways of recharging? Like, I mean, because both are technically recharging. Like we do need sleep. Yes. And, but we also do need meditation in our day. I think <clears throat> it is so important to kind of, um, you know, we, we, need, we need sleep to, to rest and to, sh to shut down, but we need meditation to wake up and to be alert. But at the same time, we're recharging our nerves and we're recharging our body. So maybe, is there similarities and, and, are, and there's differences? Or yeah, you're right, Reed. Both are used to recharge the mind and the body. Um, and to, when we sleep, we're taking memories from the day and experiences and we're taking them from the short-term area that we saw experience. And we're putting them in the long-term area, which is why you need to sleep before an exam because it's putting it into the place where you can actually recall it. Um, and we're repairing the body. If you want to make people really batshit crazy, deprive them of sleep <laughs> because the mind cannot repair itself. But in when we're awake also too, we can be awake and in our fight, flight, freeze mode all day long. That's going to be exhausting. Humans are not meant to be in in that mode for extended periods of time. We are meant to be in fight, flight, freeze in a, in a crisis or in survival, which we've all been in this pandemic up until now. I think we're running out of adrenaline now. <clears throat> I think we're starting to crash from the adrenaline, which is why we might start to feel the grief. Uh, but we need to be able to take ourselves out of that fight, flight, freeze response where we're not, where we can't live forever. We, we're not, it's not sustainable. Um, we need to repair and, and become present and be able to have empathy for ourselves and other people by coming off of that adrenaline fight flight free system. And we do that by becoming mindful, slowing the breath down, um, becoming aware of the present moment and, and whatever is next in front of you, right? Does that make sense? In a easy way. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. Cool. How long Thank have you. you how long have you been practicing uh, meditation? And teaching it um so oh gosh i learned um transcendental meditation back when i was i see how long ago that was that was a long time ago it was before my kids were born um and i was a i practiced like twice a day and that was like formal meditation <clears throat> um it wasn't mindfulness which has become a thing more in the recent um um yeah we've done a lot of so so that was my formal meditation practice and then um, certainly over the years I got busy my kids were small that went to hell in a handbasket um, and which is what I want to say to people is that it's it's a it's a practice that come back to it if it if it got thrown away right um, and so and now I'm I've been practicing again certainly I don't do it twice a day I do it once a day um, but mindfulness there was a whole bunch of research on mindfulness um, with John Kabat-Zinn with it started with people who had chronic pain and they did a whole bunch of um, research on mindfulness in terms of helping people with anxiety and depression and ADHD and lack of focus. And there's a ton of good research that says it can change the brain and it does. 
So that's when the movement, that's when people started to teach it in psychotherapy, right? Practices that come back to the moment. I can eat mindfully. I can drink my coffee mindfully. I can talk to you mindfully. I don't have to sit and do a formal practice, although that's a good thing. Um, but it can be something that I do when I wash my hands every day, yeah. which means I use my five senses. Well, I don't lick the soap, but I use my four senses. If I was to wash my hands, which we do every day right now a lot, and I was to be mindful right then, that's it. I would be like using my five senses. So I'd be looking at the water and the soap and the colors and the bubbles. I would be smelling the soap. I would be listening to the water and myself singing happy birthday twice. <laughs> I would be um, feeling the soap on my hands and the water. And when my mind wandered, which would be like, I can't believe I still have to wash my hands as many times a day. That's your mind wandering. You go, oh, come back, honey. You're pissing in the corner again. Come back, puppy. Back to the feeling of the soap. And that's, that is a simple everyday practice of mindfulness. Just really being aware of what's going on around you and um, yeah, just kind of really not that you could ever be connected, I guess, with washing your hands, but really taking it from more than surface value. You're not just washing your hands, you're, you're connecting and you're feeling things. So yeah. And you're changing your brain. It's yes. so cool. Right? Yeah. 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 So is there a thing? Is, sorry. Is there, is there such thing as too, too much meditation, too much mindfulness? Like can you, is it, can it become addicting and is it going to become bad for you, like overindulging? Or is it the only thing that you can do all the time with, without it hurting you? <laughs> so I don't know about a formal meditation. I mean, certainly if you're not paying your bills or feeding your family because, <laughs> sorry, I can't come to work today. I'm in meditation. <laughs> Screw you. Um, that might be a problem. But I don't know anybody. It's difficult to sit for long periods of time. Um, except for Buddhist monks or people who, that is their life, right? They do that. Um, and there's, if you want to look at some really cool research on transcendental meditation, they, the crime rates drop. So they, they move meditators to cities. And when a certain amount of people are meditating in a city at the same time, the crime rate drops. It's like we can influence the world, right? It's like phenomenal. But, so let's just talk about daily mindfulness. You cannot do too much of it. It's really hard to do. It's simple, but it's difficult to keep bringing your mind back. But you will all, it's not addicting. Trust me, you can try it. I wish I was more addicted to it. I love when my mind wanders. It's so much fun. So, and ping pong, like, and I'm a little addicted to adrenaline, right? So if that's the addiction, really, <laughs> I'm like, oh, but bringing myself back to the present moment and, and realizing the only thing I actually do have control over is my mind. So bringing it back and bringing it back will never be, if there will never be too much of it. There's no way I could not function better um, when I'm doing that, right? Yeah, that makes sense. What, um, Joanne, what would you say are the main benefits uh, that people practicing, practicing this would receive? And maybe you can speak from um, your clients and your, and your personal perspective. Um, why is it important to make this a daily habit and what can people expect to get out of it, you know, long-term? I love the getting thing. <laughs> so I'll refund you your misery if you don't want to do it. <laughs> um, so, so 
here's what I noticed is that, okay, let's just go for relationships, right? If I'm mindful when you're talking to me, um, which is why I love doing what I do because I'm like so mindful when I'm with you, right? But let's just say that um, we're in a, we're in a more, I'm with my spouse or, or my children or whatever, and we're, we're in a disagreement. If I'm mindful, I can actually listen way better than if I wasn't mindful. So you want to bet that that's going to help my relationships, right? I'm going to slow down enough to stop firing my right arguments in that their direction, right? Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to be breathing slowly so I can actually have some compassion for that. That's going to improve all your relationships, right? Mm. Um in terms of I have a very busy brain. Um so and I think we all do right now. <clears throat> so mindfulness helps me focus, which is oh my god, please if I could buy focus I will. And I know some people do try to buy focus by buying um drugs, but but seriously, if you don't want to spend the money on drugs, <laughs> um, you doing mindfulness really increases your focus. Uh, it also helps you um, manage anxiety much better and the things that make us depressed. Because here's why. When you come back to the present moment, there's like some space. It's like a, I like to use the, word, the door wedge. You know that thing that you stick in the door to stop it from? banging yeah. you stick you can if you when you practice being in the present moment you can stick a door wedge between yourself your it's like you have two minds the one mind that knows better and the one mind that wants to panic so when you're mindful you're aware of the mind that wants to panic or the mind that wants you to opt out of life by staying in bed all day you're like oh look at me choosing wanting to choose to not get up today that's really interesting, honey bunny. <laughs> and then you're like, you're, you have compassion for that part of you. And you go, mm, okay. And then you come back to yourself. And this is the present moment. And in this present moment, what's the one thing I need to do next? I need to move my little legs over the bed <laughs> and move towards the sink. Like, that's all I'm doing right now. Because if I was to go ahead and go, holy shit, I have an exam to write today and I'm not ready. I'd be like, back in the bed. Right then, I'd be like, "Oh, look at you into the future, honey bunny. Come back to the present, because right now we're just brushing our teeth. So you just become aware that you're not led. Your life is not being led by those things that and make you end up in the place you don't want to be. You have more control over your mind, and who doesn't want that? I want that. <laughs> okay. yeah. That's a that's a good insight. Yeah, I like that. Uh... Um, you're kind of learning and connecting with yourself to kind of be more empowered in a way. Is that kind of, how I could kind of paraphrase it. Yeah. You're becoming aware. Yes. You will become more powerful of your own. This is basically the only thing you can control right. is yourself. A, right. That's great sentiment. Yeah. Yeah. You also become aware of your body, which is also a good thing <laughs> um, because your body gives you information. Right. So you're like, Oh, I'm aware that my chest is really tight right now. Does that, so that means that I likely am anxious, which means that I likely need to slow down my breathing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just recognizing those triggers are those signs that you can uh, then control that more. Yeah, I like that. Thank you. Yeah, space. Space is my, I love that word. Yeah, that's great. You're welcome.
That's well, awesome. Joanne, thank you so much for coming on. Um, we, uh, it, it's funny, if, if you haven't listened to our podcast, we like to interview students and faculty in the school, but we also try to interview community members, such as yourself, um, to kind of help our student body. And, and I think this, the, the practices that you teach are so, um, are just so important. And I, I also just want to share that, and I forgot to mention this, this with you, but you and I have been working together for about five years now. Um, and you've changed my life for the better, and that's through meditation and mindfulness and all the practices that you teach, uh, and you change so many other people's lives. So I just want to thank you for that. And I think, I think just doing something like this today, I think um, we're, hoping, we're hoping to help a lot of people um, with a platform that they can reach out to us. Um, and if, if you're open for it, would you, would, do you have contact information so people could reach out to you? Um, if, if you're taking on any new clients or if, if there's other avenues, maybe talk about your business. Oh my gosh. So just wanted to thank you for that acknowledgement, Reed. You have also changed my life, just so you know. <laughs> um, I didn't say how, but <laughs> I love working with students. I'm a lifelong learner. And I think I, I, might be, I might be stuck in that stage developmentally, but anyway. <laughs> Um, I hate growing up. So, so yeah, my, uh, I am taking on um, people if they're okay with zooming, like, cause that's the way um, we're doing therapy these days, which is interesting. Um, and so certainly people can reach out to me. I don't mind if you text me, uh, um, which, and my number is 613-484-6310. Um, 484-6310. So you can ask me questions to see if I'd be a fit for you or not. Um, I'm covered by lots of insurance plans, which helps these days. Um, and my email is, um, I don't know, should I spell it? <laughs> um, it's, you want to just... We could probably just put it up on the screen. Yeah, yeah we'll, that'd be easier. we'll put it in the description on the link when this goes live on YouTube on uh, next week. So uh, we'll, get, we'll get that information um, and just uh, have it below for people to access. Perfect. Perfect. Awesome. I'm also running some online groups on managing powerful emotions starting in May. So if anybody's interested in that, that'd be awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you. Oh, yeah. um, oh, you're welcome. Again, just to echo what Reed said, really appreciate you taking your time out of your day to kind of share your resources and yourself and your teachings um, with not only myself, but uh, all of our viewers who are watching this and students who are going through a tough time. So um, Joanne, thank you very much. I really You're appreciate so it. And uh, Reed, thanks a lot for set, setting all this up. And um, uh, hopefully this doesn't go on for too much longer, but if it does, Joanne, we'll uh, probably have to have you back on in about a month or so. I'm not going anywhere. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for the opportunity. Okay, great. Thank you well, so much, Joanne. We'll sign off there, and uh, thanks again, guys. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, and uh, <laughs> we'll say goodbye for now. Okay.